0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, Your Place to Belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. I want to uh, share with you about something that God had kind of laid on my heart uh, earlier this week, um, and it's really about pausing. You know how sometimes you're, you know, in the middle of something, whether you're watching TV, uh, if you're like my house, you know, you're watching TV like last night, and all of a sudden you hear this crash bang, and you're kind of wondering, uh, you know, what happened. so you pause whatever you're watching, you know, because you know that you don't want to miss out on this, but at the same time, you, you know, you want to make sure that all your children are still alive and breathing, right, or that something isn't broken that shouldn't be broken, you know, that type of thing, and so, you know, we all have moments where we, we pause, uh, for a second because something has drawn our attention uh, that that in the moment just seems a little more critical or a little more important or a little more uh, crucial than what we're actually doing right there in the moment. I remember one time uh, a couple of years ago uh, in around Christmas, we were in Brantford for a board staff Christmas dinner and uh, we were on our way back from uh, Brantford and uh, making our way to one of our uh, staff members home to have like our you know coffee and dessert and all that good stuff and gag gift exchange and whatever and we're on our you know we're on the way down from highway twenty four and uh, there's this this person driving ahead of me you know pretty pretty far enough but I, I can still see them and I can I said to Cora I literally said this to her I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on with that driver, which I say that a lot about a lot of drivers I'm gonna admit it's and it maybe it, Maybe it was you, but um. anyways, no. Uh, so, you know, but so that's not out of the ordinary, but I just, I said to her, I go, I don't know, something's not right, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sink back a little bit further because I don't trust this, and then all of a sudden, we were coming at, um, there's a curve as you're going down Highway 24, and uh, and then all of a sudden, I watched the car go in the opposite direction, and it flipped over three or four times, you know, uh, and, and so, of course, what do you do? You know, now you know, this Christmas party, and, and every, everything just goes on hold, pause, right, and you jump out of your car, and you run to the car, and thankfully, she was okay, um, and we got her out of there, and then, of course, the ambulance, and the fire department, and, and, you know, everybody showed up, and, you know, we all gave our statements, and all that good stuff, and and like I said, you know, she was perfectly fine, no, no maybe a couple of scratches, but nothing major, which was, I mean, other than her car, but 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 you know you pause in that moment because something grabbed your attention and you don't you can't walk away from it, and and Jesus had one of these moments after his encounter with uh, the soldier, the Roman soldier, who he said, man, you've got an incredible faith, Luke chapter seven. Like he he in fact he said, I've never seen faith like this. And so I think Jesus was on a little bit of a ooh man that was good man I met somebody who's got the kind of faith that I'm talking about, and then he's walking in and Luke chapter seven picks up in verse eleven. And it, and it says that soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And it was just outside of Nazareth. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Now at this point, you know, he, he's starting to gain some fame here. And so the crowds are following him because of all the miracles and, and the teaching. And, and so Jesus is walking in basically with this massive entourage, you know. And, and as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. In fact, the person that was dead was the only son of his mother, and she was already a widow, so she has no husband. And that's really important to highlight right there in that moment. We'll get to there in a second. And so this large crowd from the town was with her, and when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. That word actually, if you look at different versions, like for example, I think the New Living Translation says that he was so overwhelmed with compassion... The Amplified says that with deep compassion, he his heart went out to her. Something grabbed his attention. He he all of a sudden stopped where he was going. You know, he was on his way somewhere. He didn't necessarily have an agenda, but he's just kind of moving along. Life is kind of happening. And as he walks into this, this city center, and all of a sudden he sees, or the gate, sorry, and he sees this, this poor woman and he looks at her and says, Don't cry. Like, talk about an insensitive thing to say, Jesus. Right? It's like, she just lost her son. Her only son she's a widow, she's, you know, I'm sure there were some people, you know, because there's always that one person in the crowd that, you know, will speak up for the person that, you know, may not be able to defend themselves, and I'm sure there were some people going, I can't believe this guy, how insensitive is this, that he would tell her not to cry, why wouldn't he cry, or she cry, I mean, this is her only son, she has no husband, and here's what, here's part of the problem with all of that, is because without a son, and without, now the loss of, you know, sorry, the loss of her son, and then, of course, she's dealt with the loss of her own husband, One of the things that's subtle here in this passage that we don't often think about, which is compounded on top of the grief, the grief alone is enough to devastate her and worthy of grieving and crying. There's no doubt about that. But what's not said in this text is that now without a son, and now that she's a widow, she's got nobody to take care of her. And she lives in a culture and in a day where now... Whats she's supposed to do because there isn't like there's a ton of jobs for women in this culture there's very little there's a reason why the church put a strong emphasis, especially in the early days, on widows you know and and you know that type of thing because because there wasn't really this kind of system like we would have set up in our own our own nation where we take care of people that are struggling or I are mean, finding it difficult in a season that kind of system didn't exist and so here's this This woman who's brokenhearted, and I'm sure somewhere in the back of her mind, she's thinking, man, how am I going to survive? And if you've ever been a part of the process of funerals, and unfortunately, I've been a part of a number of them over the years. You know what people start to think, and they start to say it out loud. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? But what seems like an insensitive moment with Jesus is not as insensitive as it ends up being go to the next slide. Then he went up and he touched the buyer. And they were were carrying him on and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now I don't know about you, but that would be freaking out right now. Because I haven't seen that in my lifetime. Like I would be, like, And they did. They freaked out. Look at that. It says they were all filled with awe. And they praised God. And, a, and this is what they said. A great prophet has appeared among us. And this is what I want you to highlight. God has come to help his people. They saw the act of Jesus as the hand of God. Helping them in the midst of their situations, Which, by the way, is 100% hopeless in the natural world. There is nothing more final than this moment in this situation in life. Nothing more final. This is it. This is as hopeless as it gets. And in this moment, Jesus is just kind of doing life, and all of a sudden he stops and he pauses because something, a situation, has grabbed his eye, and he pauses for a moment to meet an incredible need. I love that. Isn't that awesome? Did you know that Jesus has come to help you today? Did you know that God is here to help you today? I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in churches. In fact, you know, I was thinking about this on my way in. That sometimes we don't walk into church with this expectation. We just come in thinking that, oh, it's going to be the same. We're going to sing some songs and hopefully Pastor Craig hits it out of the park. And if not, ah, we'll give him a Bye. We'll give him a mulligan. You know? Maybe he's food deprived and that's what's going on. It's just not it's just not clicking right now. But I got to tell you something. and and in this story, no one asked Jesus to get involved. But he did anyways. He did, anyways. In fact, what I, one of the things I love about the story, among many things, is how deep the compassion of God is revealed in this moment. Not asked to get involved, no one begged him. No one with the that we know of with the entourage that has seen Jesus do all these miracles no one said hey Jesus you know what uh, you know maybe maybe you could stop for a moment and and meet the need of this woman she's you know we're hearing whispers through the crowd that you know she's she's a, this is she's a widow this is her only son there's no one to take care of her this is this is this is Jesus, this is hard. Can you, You've you done miracles. Jesus, can you intervene in the situation? And, you know, sometimes I think we feel like if we don't cry out to God or call out to God, then God's not interested in what's going on inside of our lives. The, the problem is this passage reveals that he has such compassion. In fact, his compassion is so deep that he does something that he wasn't allowed to do as a rabbi. His entire culture would have been like, whoa, what are you doing, Jesus. When he touches this buyer, when he, when, when he touches this thing that they're carrying, basically it's this coffin. When he touches this, instantly, according to Levitical law, he's actually made himself unclean. he's unclean, ceremonially unclean. He can't, he's not supposed to do anything. He's supposed to now walk away, find a, you know, a nice little hiding spot for seven days, and, and this is it. He's not allowed to do anything else in this moment. He's disqualified himself from doing ministry. And yet Jesus, and I love this, do you know that Jesus will go to, there, there is no limit, there is no length, no situation, no circumstance that you find yourself in that Jesus will, will, keep, will allow to keep him from getting to you. That his compassion for your situation, even if you think, because man, sometimes we wonder, God, do you really like you know the whole hashtag first world problems thing you know like we talk about some of our problems like oh I broke a nail you know hashtag first world problems you know you know what I mean like we 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 often joke about that in our culture because we 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 look at some of the things that we find difficult like man I had to park on the other side of the building today and I had to walk two or three minutes like my life is horrible God you can't be with me you know that that's that's sometimes what wants through our heads. But then we minimize it because we realize, well, but there, there are people around the world that are suffering. And, and so we actually take what we're going through and we go, God, you really, we, we, we understand, God, why you won't intervene in our situation. Because really, Jesus, let's be honest, let's reserve. It's like we think Jesus and his power is, is like limited. It's like there's only so much to go around, and he'll just disperse. So God, don't waste your time on my little situation because in comparison to a lot of other things that are going on around the world, like really it's hashtag first world problems. It's not a big deal, God. And yet that's not how God thinks. And he's not limited, by the way. It's not like he carries around this little pouch and he just throws it out whenever, he and then he goes, oh, I, got to, I don't have any more. I have to go back to heaven and get some more and then I'll throw it out more. It's not like that. It is unlimited. There is, there is no limit to his resource. It is ongoing. You can't see an end. You don't know an end. That's why he's known as the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. There is nothing outside of him. And there's no end to his power and his resource and his ability. And what you see here is you see a a God that is like, man, I'm so vested in your life that even though I'm kind of doing life and I'm kind of doing my thing, and and all of a sudden, but I I saw you. And I love what Psalm 139, uh, it's up on the screen, Psalm 139 verse 1 to 3 says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know me. That word know here in the Hebrew refers to you know that relationship kind of knowledge. It's an intimate knowledge. It's not just a head knowledge. He doesn't just know your name. He doesn't just know where you live. But he knows you. He knows your thoughts. Listen to what the psalmist says. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You know uh, sorry, you, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. There's every aspect of my life. God, you search me. You already know what's going on. Even if I don't say it. He already knows. And today, I want you to hear my heart. So that the compassion of God that it runs so deep and the compassion of God that we see with the widow of Nain, I feel like God is saying, I want to reveal that passion and I want to reveal that power here today. Yeah, we were sitting down in a staff meeting and um, We were talking about this past weekend, and we were talking about, you know, hey, you know, we always do this every single Monday. We talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, right? What can we do better? What, you know, what was really good? What was really awful? Let's start to fine-tune things and, and work things out and all this kind of stuff because, to be honest with you, because we're so human, every natural interruption kind of takes our eyes away from Jesus during a service, I'm being honest with you. There are moments where something will happen, and it's like, whoa, and we kind of, this, so we want to eliminate all of those things as much as we possibly can. And out of that conversation came, okay, guys, well, where do we go now? We've just done, you know, see first the kingdom, and we've talked about go disciple, and all this kind of stuff, and so I asked the staff, I'm like, guys, you know, what's on your heart? Where's God, you know, what's God saying to you? And so we talked about different things, and so that was Monday, and, And then Tuesday, my schedule just, in fact, I said it to Heather, uh, I think it was at the end of Tuesday, I was like, Heather, I just feel like today has been one of those days where my, my schedule has not been mine. Like I am doing anything and everything for everybody else, but I actually haven't had a chance to sit down and really process, God, you know, what do you want to speak? And I've got a couple of things running through my mind, a couple of things running through my heart, but there's no real like, oh, this is God. This is where God wants to go. And you know, of course, with Easter and everything else, and 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 it's just been—it's it's, been—I'll be honest with you. This—it's been a few weeks where it's a little exhausting. I don't know if you've—I'm sure you've had weeks like that where you just feel like, man, I just wanna—I just wanna—I want to go into a room, a padded room, so I don't hear anybody else, I don't see anybody else. It's as if my children don't exist for a little while, you know. Like you just—you just, you just want to shut everything out. And I was kind of hitting that moment on, you know, Tuesday afternoon. And so Tuesday evening after I got uh, supper ready for the girls and all that kind of stuff, I sat down with my computer. I had, um, I think I had the Jays game or something on or whatever, and it was on the background, and I'm just processing thought. And I literally took a moment, because everyone is just not around me right now at this moment. I'm like, God, I I just don't know what to do. And in a moment, if I could, in fact, I said this on Thursday just off the cuff, and it's really the best way to describe it. I had a moment where God just looked at me, I felt like God looking at me, just saying, why don't you stop doing the ministry to do ministry? You know, there are times in, in ministry, and that's part of my role. It's not, again, you know, not suggesting that what we're doing or what we're focusing on as a leader, leadership team and and everything is wrong. You've got to forecast. you got to look ahead. you got to think ahead. You're you're, this is a part of being in step with the Spirit and establishing the kingdom of God, and and you know doing the things that you can and invest in your lives. And so you're thinking through, and you're thinking about you know two, three, four months down the road, and all that kind of stuff. I know some of you guys are looking at me going, "Really, you plan that far ahead?" Yes, we do. But anyways, you know, and so so we can get behind everything and make sure that we've got everything going so that it doesn't just kind of overwhelm us. And but sometimes. In church ministry, life can be kind of be passing by. And this is one of the reasons why, um, not only because I believe it's biblical, period, but one of the reasons why I think it's so great about the body of Christ is the fact that, that this is where the body of Christ can rise up a little bit. So as leadership sometimes is kind of, and it, and I relate it to the, to the moment with Jesus. You're kind of on your road, and you're just doing your thing. And sometimes God has to grab your attention in that moment and go, can you just take a quick look over here? But, but in the meanwhile, there are people that are just rising up. And I had an email from somebody and said, you know, PC, this is earlier in the week. They said, you know, we have a number of people, and we do, we have a number of people in our congregation that are walking through uh, the cancer journey. And it hits home for Cora and I because Cora's had two sisters that have gone through it. There's one that's still going through it. And when you talk to those that are walking through that journey, you understand how, and I think all of us can relate in, in the sense that we understand this, because I don't think anybody in this room has not had someone that's connected to them in some way, shape, or form that that has not been a part of this journey we we all have been a part of this journey we're just not necessarily facing it ourselves and so as I'm sitting there on my you know on my couch and I'm just thinking about this I felt like God just saying would you just pause for a moment because I don't have anything for you except what I want to give you right now which is I want you just to take time and I want you just to pray for people And I want you to reveal, and I I want this, and and listen, it's not, I'm not here today just to pray for those that are walking through, you know, the the cancer journey. I think this is the reason why I'm talking about the compassion of God, because sometimes we just think that, well, my problem's not that big, but the the thing is if it's big to you, it's big. And he wants to intervene. See, he already knows what's going on, and and what's so beautiful about this is, you know, the widow didn't ask him to do anything, but he chose to step into it anyways. But, but today we're going to ask him to step into it, and I think he's just waiting bated breath for, you know, he's probably up in heaven right now going, yo, Craig, shh, stop, let's get going here. Because he understands what you're facing. He, in fact, he probably understands more than you even realize, more than you understand. And we have a God that's not only compassion, not only knows all of our ways, knows all of our thoughts, and knows what's going on, but we have a powerful God. We have a powerful God. Can I just lay a foundation here? Do you know that this moment that Jesus has with you know uh, with this widow is actually just proving what He said in Luke chapter one verse thirty-seven? And in Luke chapter one verse thirty-seven, He makes this statement. He says, "Listen, nothing is impossible with God." So the widow of Nain and everyone around them had to have a moment going, who is this guy and what does he think that he's doing? That he would defy Levitical law as a rabbi, step into a situation that he wasn't even invited into, and now he's going to set up false hope. Because I guarantee you most people in that crowd was going, that's not going to happen. Seriously, Jesus, you're going to cause someone to come from the dead? Yes! And why? Because He is God, and nothing is impossible with God. Jeremiah 37, I believe, verse 32. In a conversation between God and Jeremiah, how many times has God made this statement throughout history? He did it in Ezekiel 37 as well. Where he would look at these prophets and he would begin to say hey listen i understand they're Babel, they're going to go into babylon they're going to they're going to find themselves in this whole season under the rule of somebody else but i promise you i'm going to restore them and i'm going to give you a picture that seems hopeless but i'm going to show you through the picture that i can do this and he makes this statement in jeremiah 37:32. he the lord speaks to him and says listen do you is this too hard for me Have you ever thought to yourself and asked yourself, and and again, because here's the thing. Here's, and you've heard me say this before. Well, Pastor Craig, here's the reason why I, I struggle to pray for situations that are beyond, in the natural beyond. Like, this is impossible. You've heard me say this. Okay, then you can live your life that way. But I guarantee one thing, you will never see the impossible become possible if you think that way. Besides, that's not what the Bible shows. That's not what the scripture reveals. But Pastor Craig, I don't want to set them up. Listen, can I just say this? Just having this conversation yesterday with somebody. The Bible tells me to pray the prayer of faith. That's my part. That's it. That's all I do. And that that might be too simple for you. That's okay. It works for me. I just trust God. And I'm simple enough to believe that He wants to intervene in situations, that He wants to display His compassion, that He wants to express His power, because He's an omnipotent God meaning that he has the authority. His authority is so strong that his ability to cause something to happen or not happen. And he spoke it. He spoke the world into existence. He created just by his voice. That's the kind of power and the authority. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, uses the term almighty. That term almighty means the one who can sway things. I can change things, I can move things, I can do all of these things. Genesis has the same, a similar term, Genesis 17 verse uh, 1 says this, that, that, that he is, his name is Almighty meaning Shaddai, meaning the most powerful, and at the root, it literally means devastation or violence. And I felt like God saying, listen. Let me just tell you something so here's here's how i just venture into praying for people i pray the prayer of faith and i leave it at that god you do your thing i'll do mine god says you do your part and i'll do mine you have faith and you trust and believe you call on me you gather all of your leaders that's what james says man gather you know those men of faith together and lay hands on people and just believe i'll let god take care of the rest of And I'm telling you, there, there I, I firmly, 100% believe this, that there is a line of faith that the body of Christ has not yet caught because of our own hurt, because of our own brokenness, because of skepticism and everything else. And how many times did Jesus just say, do you believe? Period. 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 So whether you're going through the you know the the journey of something as difficult and if you're here today and you are walking through that journey, we want to pray for you and we want to believe for your healing. You might be here, but it might be financial. It could be a job, it could be a relational thing. it could be, you know, it, it could be for a loved one, someone that you're, you've you been praying for, that, that you know that the situation that they're facing, God, if you don't intervene, man, this is going to go in the wrong direction pretty quickly. Or God, they're already in a place where it's too far. And yet God stands back and says, is this too hard for me? It's a rhetorical question. He already knows the answer. No, nothing is too difficult for me. Nothing. Nothing. And just remember, just think about this. This is something else that God spoke in my heart today. Man, I got to get to praying in a second here. As I was driving, the Lord reminded me that on the heels of this moment, He just walked away from someone who showed Him the most incredible faith. In fact, faith that He had not seen in all of Israel. In all of Jerusalem, I've never seen this kind of faith. You get it. Because the Roman centurion said, listen, you don't have to, Jesus, you don't even have to go with me to heal my servant. Just speak the word. Right? Now he walks into a situation that is completely hopeless. It's over. The other situation, it wasn't done yet. This situation, it's over in terms of humanity, in terms of in the natural but not in the supernatural, not in his realm, not with his authority, not with his voice. In that situation, he rises up and he walks into a situation that I guarantee you, there was not a lot of faith around that moment. He goes from incredible faith to not so much faith, maybe not even faith at all. And all of a sudden, he just speaks. Get up out of that. Get up, get up. you know what i was saying to this person yesterday yeah i've prayed for people and man things didn't click and all that stuff but i don't stop i don't stop i have no idea I've, i've told you guys this when it comes to healing and it's not just healing it's about every circumstance and situation that you're facing and that's my point today god has i believe that god has come to help his people He's here to help you. And I just, I press on. I, don't, I still stop. And I've seen people healed. I've seen people set free. I've seen situations change in a second. And I just say, okay, God, I'm just going to ask. So today, um, I think we'll do this a little bit differently today. Um, we're going to dismiss here, although I would encourage you, don't go, because we've got great pancakes sitting back there waiting for you. But whatever situation you find yourself, emotional, spiritual, physical, relational, and you just want, it's, listen. It's not that you think you need it necessarily because sometimes that that's so subjective. I don't really need it. No, no, no. Okay, then I'll put it this way. You want it. You want God to intervene. You want God to begin to help your situation. And I think he's there. I mean, you look through the New Testament, man, like, and He's and, and he said, I give you that authority. You like that? i I'll give you that. Give you that that's why he said listen you will do greater things we, we said that last week you'll do greater things it's not because we're going to do necessarily greater miracles but it's exponential meaning it's broader it's not just one person doing it now it's you doing it and me doing it and all of a sudden it's spread and like wildfire and boy i tell you when god intervenes in situations what a message to the lost that's thinking that god is some religious figurehead when he is alive and well and desires to search your heart, know your ways, and intervene in your situation. So, why don't we stand all over this place? Because I'll keep going. Nobody wants that. I've got some people in the room. In fact, I alerted them in the middle of the week or Thursday. I said, hey, you know, if you can just come and be ready to pray. But if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. This is your step of faith. Your step of faith today is to step from where you are, and we don't normally do this at community, although you'll see that I'll do this a little bit more often because I really, I just ministry. And uh, if you're walking through something, and I don't listen, hear these words. I do not care what that thing is. You might think it's silly. You might think it's not a big deal. I'm telling you right now. If it matters to you, it matters to him. He searches your heart. He knows your ways. He wants to be invited in. Let me come in and let me minister to you. If you're here today and you want someone to pray with you, myself, some of our prayer partners are here today, would you come even right now? Where you are, take a step of faith and come, and we're going to pray over you. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with Everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.